Hi, welcome. This is a, a leadership collaboration series uh, with my uh, colleague uh, Nancy Halpern all the way in New York. Uh, we call it Leadership Lessons uh, from Across the Pond. And uh, Nancy and I tackle uh, key leadership challenges on a weekly basis uh, via LinkedIn Live. Uh, these could be sort of current to the context we're in and some will be sort of evergreen challenges. And we wanted to share our two very different perspectives on solving these leadership challenges. Do enjoy. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another week of Leadership Lessons from Across the Pond with me, Nancy Halpern, my colleague and friend, Julian Roberts. This week, we're talking about how do you manage average performers? We've talked about difficult talent, flight risk, we're working our way down to the average. So Julian, before we dive in, how are you? I'm very well and always uh, better for seeing you. Oh, you charmer you, I feel exactly <laughs> the same. So Julian, I thought I'd start us off by asking you how you define average. Yeah, it's interesting. You, it's, Even that expression when you said, you know, we're coming down to the average and it, it has a connotation of being quite negative, doesn't it? Oh, I'm the average performer. Uh, not very good and just a bit not of a, not lighting up the sky. Um, I guess for me, average um, is somebody who's delivering consistently. That, that that would be my definition, really, simplistically, is that. And the reason I say that that because that's 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 where I think most people operate in. I mean, as in there's a lot of people in our organisations are average. Uh, I don't like the word average, but um, who are delivering consistently. They're not lighting up the sky. They're not pushing the big boundaries, uh, but they're delivering. And I think uh, that's good. That's okay. That's fine. You know, let's not be not striving for excellence in every shape and form because sometimes that can be quite exhausting. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, not just, not just for the individual, but for the manager. Because, yes. You know, so, actually, I'm really glad that we're starting with this that it is seen somehow like a C in the U.S. is theoretically an average grade, but yeah. any kid who has to bring a C grade back to their parent is probably going to get into trouble. And and so it's really this notion of average being a black mark against you, where do you think of average more as a meets expectation? For example, you were doing the job you've been hired to do, or does it have a slightly different connotation still? I, I think it's as as I said, it's delivering consistently on the objectives, on the goals that you've been set. Um, you know, for me, a superstar is somebody who is pushing the boundaries, uh, coming up with perhaps new idea, ex you know, and really excelling in that sense. So it's delivering. And that is to me average, and I think that's okay, and that is fine. And, and so then why would there be any challenge in managing that person? It sounds like well, what we have to do is leave them alone, let them do their job. No, day you day see, out, everything's peachy keen. No, you see, I, see, no? see in some ways, I, I see, I sometimes think sometimes the average performer, there is some untapped potential that we've perhaps not um, found yet or realized. And, you know, we, we, we have that sense of, a performance sort of versus sort of potential don't we we have a sense of what we're performing at within our role but we also have a potential and i've interestingly i, I i've got quite interested in the the average um performer and i've often asked them 
what really excites them, what really matters to them. Because often they might be in a role that perhaps doesn't really excite them, but they're delivering a good job and that's fine and that's okay. Um, and sometimes work is not their big thing. They have mm-hmm. other stuff outside of work where they may be knocking it out. They may be a very good athlete or, or a good DJ or whatever it may be. So something outside of work may be something where they're excelling at and that might be their thing. But in a work context, I remember I had, I had an individual who was working for me and they were more in an operational role and they were average, consistent, good, reliable, doing a, a great job in that sense. Um, and I remember asking about them, what what really gets them, what, what, what matters to them? And it was about people. And it was interested in people. And uh, this conversation started to happen. And this is one of the things I talk about, how to get the best out of people. And and she started to share about, about HR and opportunities. And, and there was nothing obvious that we could sort of move her into in that state, in that position. And so... I was aware of a project that was happening, uh, more of an engagement, employee engagement project that was company-wide, wanting people from different departments to be involved in. So she got involved in that. And it's interesting because it actually lit her up. And I'm, it really just motivated her, stirred her. She had all these ideas. Creativity came out of her. But not only just in the context of what she was uh, working on, but also in her actual day job. And suddenly she started to get a better pace about her. And so that was interesting, just tapping into something a bit more passionate that created a lot more motivation about what she, who she was and what she was doing. But was that also, in some ways, a mismatch between the individual and the job? I mean, I've noticed with my clients that a lot of times they will think that, per, you know, it's just not the right person. And so they may let that person go or move them on and... Um, fill it with a different person and it still doesn't work and I guess I'm coming loop to loop to a different point but you know sometimes roles aren't really well designed and Mm. roles are not designed around people people are expected to slot into a role and you know there was this um, there's this exercise that I've asked some of my clients to do at times when they're really struggling with this idea because in most leaders minds average still doesn't sound exciting you know it, it, it because because they're disappointed because somehow leaders and managers always expect more of their people so i'll ask my clients take a look at your org chart without a single name on it just role now ask yourself is that an a role or a b role and if it's an A role and you have, let's say, B is average, right? Because the C is too, too harsh memories of children in grades. <laughs> so, you know, can you afford, is it okay to have a B player mm. in an A role? Because if it isn't, then the way you think of that person as average is going to be lower. You know, if it's a B person in a B role, it seems to me like a nice match. And and that's not even talking about what you're describing, Julian, which is somebody, you know, potentially, forgive using the word in that way, in the wrong role for them. Mm. And so how we define average, how we evaluate average isn't so isn't only do we bring judgment to it, but are our expectations out of whack because the role isn't well defined? The person is in a mission critical role without the skill set. You know, there could be lots of other stuff going on that I think if we pulled back from the individual and we're a little bit more analytical about maybe the team need or the business need, 
we might actually do something differently. Well, I agree with you. I think that you made a valid point there, and that's why I don't. Well, really I should like... hope I do. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I don't really like that whole average performer. It just, it just, I don't know. It just, it's not helpful. You're right. It's almost to get what role have we got? What role do we need? And what do we need skills? And who do we need to fill this? And what is their purpose in that context? Rather than getting into, I need a superstar. I need this. I mean, one thing to think about. What we need to do is look at our talents within our teams, and and you may be familiar with that sort of that nine box sort of talent yep. sort of model. Talent for you, yep. And that's and that's that's a good way in terms of not because in fact they don't even use the word average in there. You mentioned one of the words mismatches. Don't they use in place? Is that the term? We, that's well, the term we th here. there's things like key players. There's uh, people who are effective performers. So there's a whole host of stuff which are far more positive. And you want people in a variety of those positions because obviously it, it's plotting, you know, performance and potential. Um, the ones, the concerning ones, are the ones who have got low performance and low potential, you know, deemed as warning signs, which are the ones we're not going to talk about now, but they're the ones you got to think about what next for them. Um, but I think it's important, and that's where, you know, looking at your talent you know, what have I got and where are people at? And then how do I manage that appropriately to ensure that we grow our bench strength as opposed to, yeah. you know, being careful? You know, having a dilution of lower performers will affect even the high performers. So the key thing is, you know, we want to make sure that each year we're growing everybody at some point along the way in skills, motivation, and making sure that they are growing in their sort of career in, in some trade form. It doesn't mean everybody can get a promotion. It doesn't mean everybody can sort of do another higher level of a task, but you can still invest in them. And I think that's important that you're growing your bench drive and have a mindset to do that. Because if you bring everybody up, it bolsters the whole team, doesn't it? You know, I'm not sure I 100% agree with that. <laughs> I, I'm not. I mean, there was this great HBR article. It's quite dated, but it's evergreen which is let's hear it for the B players. You know, there are some, look at a baseball team. I mean, yes, if you have, sorry, baseball, I know, but I, you can translate it, right? If you have someone in the outfield, they're not really involved in much of the game until they're really involved, right? That one moment, they're waiting for that one moment. Well, and then they, they have to do their job. And that's fine. I guess, you know, they're not a B player outfielder, but there are lots of people who actually, they don't want to grow. They really don't. They want less. They don't want to do more work. They don't want to be more challenged. They're doing a fine job. Thank you very much. Because a lot of their life is not their work and where they grow and where they invest their time and their energy. And as you said earlier, their passion is not in that job. And if they're doing a fine job without complaint, I, I sometimes I think if, if you express an interest as a manager or leader in growing that person, they have no idea what they want to grow in because, frankly, they're content. And, and I, 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 so I, I agree with you. I agree again with you. And, and I'm, I'm agreeing far, I'm far, far too agreeable today, I think, is that What's it comes wrong down. With you? It, I know, I know. It comes down. And, and in some ways, I disagree. The fact or, or what I was explaining is that it's, it's important to ask people what, what matters to them. Yes. But I, I still believe, even if their passion is not their job and it might be outside of stuff creating that employee engagement and motivation by helping them. And it might not be, I'm not talking about big training or 
coaching or mentoring or whatever it may be, but some form of them moving forward in some shape or form is really helpful for them. They might not realize that. It doesn't mean, you know, they're going to go from a, you know, five to 10 or to 15. They might go five to seven, but they're moving forward. And I think we should have a mindset that our talent grows in some capacity, but it's got to be based on our, our com real conversations with people. And on their yeah. appetite for it. Yes. You know, if you go in somebody, right, I want everybody to grow and, da -da, and someone's thinking, that's just going to turn people off. But actually, if you have a conversation with people, knowing where people are at, knowing their commitment, knowing their energy, but actually, you still want them to have a growth mindset. That's the important thing, isn't it? So I, I want to throw, yes, I do agree with that. I want to throw a question uh, as we get towards our conclusion. What if the person you're managing, like you think they're, they're average, whatever, in place, average, means that, but they don't. They don't agree with you. They think they're absolutely terrific. <laughs> how do you deal with that uh, kind of I had this once I, I designed a, a competency model in my business um, and, and ranked everybody uh, in, in, for development purposes That's, it was purely for development it wasn't done on salary or anything like that and, um, and I rolled it out explained to everybody exactly how you did it they, they, everybody ranked themselves and then I ranked them based on uh, what I thought and there's clear definitions very clear oh. and this individual came to me and I think the numbers between uh, one and four four being the highest and on every every parameter they put four within their role they were like superstar the next and in or in essence they didn't need any development they, they were the they were the finished article they had arrived it arrived, and um, and I remember I saw it, and I was like, and I had a different view, and we were basically we were poles apart, um, and and I remember, and, and the conversation, and I had quite a good rapport, so a good little banter was helpful and relationship, but I just said, look, okay, you think you're this, just just share with me some evidence that I could sort of be aware of that demonstrates these things, and as they started to unfold and share they realized actually they weren't quite there mm. and so i didn't tell them they were they were less i just said oh, so you think of this okay just 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 what evidence and they went well i thought this and as they were thinking yeah perhaps it's not really a four it's more of a three isn't it and so it was asking the question which started to create a conversation and a realization and we got to a nice point where we agreed and from that and the positive more was that we then created a action plan to how how we move forward um so so to reverse engineer this question, some <laughs> some people don't always get there on their own. Um, and so I would say as a leader, um, the responsibility is at least 50% yours. You may not have been clear enough about the expectations for the role mm. and for that individual. And so the metrics against which they are evaluating themselves are actually not the ones that you, they need to know. So I think that goes back on you to be really crystal clear about those. And to know that a lot of times when people fill out those kind of forms, they're thinking, you know, they sort of need to self-promote. So it's although although I think people yes. are more are more negative on themselves. Typically. Generally. Typically. And that's why this individual I was quite surprised at, because actually most I, people are more negative. Most, but most, yes, are are even falsely humble. But you still yeah. got to deal with the one who doesn't isn't. So sadly, we are quickly out of time. So uh, Julian, I'd like to wish you a lovely week ahead. You and too, I, as well, Nancy. 
Thank you. And I'll see you same place, same time next week. Absolutely. Brilliant. Take care. Bye, everybody. And thank you, Sarika, for your comments.